This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 318, flashback to Wolverine, the return of Weapon X. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans, this is episode 318. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and in this episode, uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it's a bit of a fill-in. Um, once in a while... Um, we, I do an episode and it turns out great. It was a two hour episode talking about the newest HeroClix set. It was pretty awesome. I was really excited about it. Just as I was finishing up the episode, it was still recording and then my computer just failed. Uh, once in a while my computer kind of dies in the middle, uh, without no rhyme, reason, or warning. And then I'm able to boot it back up and sometimes it saves, is able to save the episode for whatever reason. And uh, this time it wasn't able to recover it, so I lost the two-hour episode. So after going through that kind of thing, you don't want to re-record the episode. Uh, I was trying to think of other things I could do, but it just felt so disheartened because I lost a two-hour good episode with Nathan Strzok, who's my talking hero clicks uh, partner in crime, typically. And uh, it was just it was a real blow. And it was also it was going to be released on uh, front of the show Leonor Alana's birthday, uh, so it was a bit of a bummer. So. Uh, this so all week I was kind of racking my brain. Am I able to do something else? Talking about here clicks maybe with someone else from the community who's been on the episode before. Scheduling didn't work, and I was like, ah, oh, I got to do something. Like, I have an episode coming up, and I don't have anything anything to put out. So I uh, I was doing some laundry this evening, and I was like, you know, I haven't done a a comic talk spotlight in a while, where I just kind of look at something in particular. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be a flashback or a comic talk spotlight, and you know, to be honest, even as I'm recording this, I'm not really sure which where it goes. I feel like after I've done the episode and talked all about what I'm about to talk about, I'll have come to a decision or a realization as to which of those two categories it feels feels filed uh, can be filed under, or it could be both. Um, so what I'm going to talk about today is uh, I'm going to talk about I, I was I was as I said I was doing laundry and I look up and I see my bookcase. And I'm looking at all the different comics there thinking, you know, what can I talk about? What haven't I, haven't I looked at in a while? And I really wasn't sure. I was just kind of scanning the titles um, kind of haphazardly. Nothing in particular that I was really looking for. And then a, a, a nice, big, fat, meaty tome definitely jumped out at me. And I thought, you know what? Let's talk about that. And this is actually interesting to me just because the writer of this particular trade that I'm about to talk about... Um, should hopefully be doing the show sometime in the next couple of months. Um, we are working on scheduling, but it could happen in uh, December or January. So I'm really hoping it'll happen because this is a writer I've really enjoyed for a long time. Um, and I, I think it'll just be really enjoyable for me and hopefully for the listener as well. So what the hell am I talking about? Well, I am ta- I am holding in my hands um, a really fat trade paperback. Now... When I'm talking fat, I'm not. I'm not talking. Oh, look! It's not just the standard four to six issues these days. Maybe it's eight or ten issues. I'm talking a supremely fat volume. Uh, I'm talking about Wolverine: Return to Weapon X. Now, as a little bit of background, uh, this was a, the issues in here were originally done a long, well, not a long time ago. But I remember I hadn't really followed a lot of Wolverine comics when I started picking up. Um, the aforementioned writer of this particular volume. I'm just going to say his name, Frank Thierry, great writer. Um, Originally, I hadn't planned on picking it up. Um, At the time, I'm trying to think where I was or what I was reading. It wasn't something that I, you know, know, hold on a second. 
something just made me laugh, and I thought I have to share this as it's happening. I wanted this. I was looking up on Amazon as I'm speaking about this because I wanted to give proper page counts and issues. What's actually in here? So I'm looking it up, and I'm on Amazon.ca because I'm in Canada, and it's I go to the Canadian the version of it, and I look it up, and I'm just scrolling down to find the information, and I see it. There's this, you know, a nice big, uh, you know, um, customer review. And I'm like, oh, that looks like a cool review. Then I realize, oh, it's me. I'm reading my own review. I don't ever write reviews on Amazon. Uh, but apparently I felt so strongly about this particular volume finally being released that I went on and I posted a review. Something I never do. Anyways, I don't know why I call attention to this. I just... Uh, I don't know. I, I just, it made me laugh. It makes no one else laugh. Everyone else is like, get to the comic already. Hold on a second. Just hold on. It's all right. Um, now, interesting thing that this will only benefit or interest Canadian uh, listeners. And even then, barely. Um, this fantastic volume. Apparently, when I originally picked it up, it was $31.34. Now, unfortunately, it has since gone up because of the Canadian dollar to $45.49. That's a big increase. That's a 50% increase. Uh, so that's crazy. That being said, still a relatively good value. Uh, why? Because you're getting over 500 pages of action in here. So you're getting a very thick volume. This is like half an omnibus. Okay, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is thicker than some omnibuses that even exist, or omnibuy, or whatever you want to call them. Um, and, it, and so that kind of makes me laugh. Uh, you're getting a lot of stuff here, all by Frank Thierry. And I remember leading up to the uh, the year when this all came out, I had picked up a little bit of Wolverine. I had, I had obviously I'd been reading Uncanny X-Men and X-Men, but I'd never really read a, a Wolverine book. Uh, I remember reading, I think, issue 101 I picked up on a lark. I think mainly because it was um, a two-part storyline with Uncanny X-Men 332, which I only remember because it was the first issue of Uncanny X-Men I started buying on a regular basis for many years until I eventually gave up. And then I've had kind of an on-and-off love affair with Uncanny. It's interesting to me that that was kind of the big thing that really got me into comics was the X-Men. But the thing that keeps me going and... The one I'm always going, the one ongoing floppy comic I'm always going to buy at this point in my life, I know is going to be Amazing Spider-Man, and it's just interesting because there was a time when I would have thought it would have been Uncanny X-Men because that was my hook. That was my you love comics, come you want to read more comics, read more of this, read, read everything in the X books. I wasn't as big into Spider-Man once upon a time, and then uh, over the years that changed. But um, I think Spider-Man had always been there in a lot of different ways. But it's interesting when I really started buying and reading comics and making my own collection. Originally, it started with the X-Men. Only a few months later did the Spider-Man really jump into the picture, but then it was a very clear piece of the picture as well. So this Wolverine run, I originally, uh, as I said, I had briefly read a few issues around Wolverine 125, which I remember thinking was really cool artwork. Um, And I, I, I stand by that. I think that's still true. Um, I, I, if you go back and read that stuff, the story isn't so great in around Wolverine 125. Um, it was by Chris Claremont, who at the time I had no idea who that was. I may have, maybe I knew a little bit. I wasn't, I was, I was, you know, I was kind of wading in. So I was starting to understand certain things, but I didn't understand all of it. Uh, so I probably knew who Chris Claremont was at that point, or if I didn't, I was about to. Um, 
so but that issues 125 right in that area it's interesting that i had just missed out on a stellar run like i wouldn't know at the time by warren ellis and lionel francis Yu. uh they were doing their not dead yet storyline which i now have a marvel premiere classic hardcover uh then there was kind of a few random issues that are just kind of happening there was a i think a tom defalco written issue with a flashback with captain america and then you had issue 125 and issue 125 was, again, more Lionel Francis U, but that was my jumping in. And I read, I think, three or four issues. Uh, I think I made it up to around uh, 128. The storyline didn't make a lick of sense by that point. And then I think yeah, I jumped off. I said, you know what? I'm good. Uh, this isn't really for me. And I ended up missing like some weird stuff, uh, which eventually you had Wolverine in space, in with Eric Larson. Like I missed out on some really creepy, weird stuff. Uh, and then I think I came back for very briefly. I remember I bought issue 145. Uh, this would have been, in I guess, cover date, December 99, uh, which was a big deal at the time because that was the return of the adamantium. It had a, a cool kind of foil cover. And, you know, this is what? What did I say? 1998? Uh, 999? So I, I was in the age group where this was still cool and it was not yet passe. So I was 16 years old. So forgive my naivete. Uh, I bought issues 147 and one, uh, 146 were part of the uh, Apocalypse the 12 storyline, then 148, which was the Ages of Apocalypse, which was an interesting little crossover written by Eric Larson, uh, penciled by Roger Cruz, at least that particular issue. And then I believe I, uh, I may have left Wolverine at that point. I think I might have read issue 149 which had uh, Nova in it, which knowing what I know about Eric Larson now is not a surprise, but at the time I had no idea. And I think that was it. I think I may have jumped off right there. Revolution started with issue 150, with uh, written and illustrated by Steve Scroce, or Scrooge, I don't, still don't know how to pronounce it. He should be guesting on the show in the next couple of months, so maybe I can ask him, how do you pronounce your name? And also, tell me about Wolverine Blood Debt. But at the time, I didn't buy Blood Debt. It eventually got a lot of accolades. But I kind of missed out on it when it happened. Um, this is, you know, you're getting into late 2000 at this point. Uh, I think Liefeld was kind of doing a little bit of Wolverine. Wolverine was going, definitely going through a transitional period. And then uh, you had, uh, I remember going to the comic book store and being like, I, I, I don't know, Wolverine looks a little bit weird. And the, the musculature doesn't really look right. And um, I remember I kind of... When I started reading Frank Thierry's run, which I'm finally going to get to in just a second, um, I remember I went back and read issue 158, thinking that 158 was something that he had done, and it was not. Uh, And I was super bummed out about that. Um, And then that led me to issue 159. Now, 159 is notable for a few things. So it's the beginning of Frank Thierry's run on Wolverine, which in and of itself is great, because I'm a big fan of his, and I... At the time, I think that was probably my first exposure to his work. But I think what attracted me more to his Wolverine was not that at all. Um, And I don't think I'd read the Wolverine Annual 2000, which is also in this, uh, as I said, this this Mac Daddy, this big old fat trade paperback. Um, I hadn't read that at the time. So what was it that attracted me back to a book that I was on and off, read because of crossovers, read because of this, but hadn't really been a big you know, really hadn't really been sucked in as being a Wolverine fan. So what was it that dragged me in? Well, 
if you look at this cover, if you can pull this up online, you can go to comicbookdb.com or comics.org, and you punch in Wolverine, and you look at the issues, and you look at issue 159, you got a fantastic cover of Wolverine just running towards you. It looks like he's on fire. He's being shot at. He's uh, got a, a kind of a grin. He's looking at you. His mask is like half burnt off. Uh, he's looking like, you know, anyone else would be dead right now, but he's just laughing it off and he's coming at you. Um, I'm going to call this sexy Wolverine because, uh, this, this artist definitely does one of the better looking Wolverines. Um, he's still got a stogie back when he was allowed to have a stogie still hanging out of his mouth. In fact, it almost looks like it's wilting under the, the barrage of gunfire. Uh, this artist is none other than Sean Chen. Now, Sean Chen... I am a huge fan of whenever he does art somewhere, um, I need to take a look at it. Um, I, I believe my first real exposure to having known who Sean Chen was, was when I was reading um, Iron Man by Kurt Busiek. Uh, now, this would have been during the Hero's Return, which uh, I'm trying to remember the years. I think it was 97 or 98, or in and around that. So a couple of years before this. So he'd done, uh, I think, two years of Iron Man. And I absolutely loved his take on Iron Man. I loved his armor. I liked the way he he kind of made Tony look. Everything about his art, I was totally in on. So when I saw that he was doing Wolverine, I was like, hell yeah, I'm definitely going to pick this up. Because uh, I was a huge fan of his art. So that's what initially brought me to Frank Thierry's run on Wolverine. Because um, I, I didn't know Frank Thierry as, an, as a writer yet. Um, and then if you look at... I mean, I'm not going to go through every issue in this trade. But um, that first issue introduced one of my favorite antagonists of the period. And whenever he kind of pops up here or there... Because he has... He was on the Thunderbolts team for a little bit. I don't know where he is now, unfortunately. Uh, the Mr. X character who was basically um, a psychotic who had very low-level telepathy that he could basically knew what an opponent was going to do before he would do it. And he had wanted to become the best there is at what he does. Uh, and he, he wanted to basically take that title away from Wolverine, um, which is kind of hilarious, and but also kind of an interesting concept that this guy is so driven by ego that it's not enough that he's rich, not enough that he's trained with all these masters and, and murdered them afterwards, but he wants to be—he wants to be the best there is. And he's a total psychotic. When we first get introduced to him, you know, he's just kind of sitting, looking bored, um, in front of like a, you know, in in front of his his desk. And then he realizes that he has a four o'clock appointment, and he goes to the window and tries to look if he can find someone who's suitable to murder. He grabs a, you know, a sniper rifle and he murders someone in the middle of the street. And that's how you open the issue. Like, that's, that's fucked up. Um, and then you have Wolverine waking up from a, you know, a horrible nightmare where it looks like he's, he's murdered the X-Men. This is a motif that they'll go back to from time to time. And then essentially, this is what happened to make him into Old Man Logan. Uh, but at the time, this was just him having some crazy dreams. And at one point, even, like, kind of stabs Rogue's clothing, which is kind of hilarious when you look at it. Um... And it kind of goes out for the night, and then, we, again, we have more glimpses of what Mr. X has been up to, and he's he's messed up. His mercenary group goes after Wolverine. Uh, you know, he's able to take him out. Um, very early uh, 2000s, they send in a TNA. Um, 
you know, and block this, these three people to kind of take on Wolverine. Wolverine, you know, Sean Chen def- definitely giving him some, you know, the wild hair. Um, there's a lot of line work to kind of show, you know, the musculature, the hair on, on Wolverine's body. Like, it's re- I just, I really enjoy the art. And then there's a lot going on in this as well, is that not only is... Thierry is really kind of playing a long game right from the beginning because you have this storyline with Mr. X but then at the same time you have things going on with something's going on with Sabretooth he gets abducted by someone Um, Mr. X is again showing that he's a badass he really wants Wolverine brought in Um, finally you know they're going to fight each other and and, you know Wolverine quickly goes down Um, issue 161 has a great kind of homage to Hannibal Lecter where you have um, Wolverine kind of you know, with basically a ball gag in his mouth and his his arms all in restraint so he can't pop out his claws and um, very cool and we kind of get the more of a, a backstory on Mr. X and all the bad things he's done and um, I love some of the color work in these issues um, especially when you kind of see essentially there's supposed to be blood um, the extra, again, I don't even know if it's just the inks or just the color uh, inks, colors, and pencils really come together in this um, as you really, something about the detail that I, 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 maybe I'm giving too much credit just to Sean Chen, but, um, also I guess I should credit the inker, who I guess at this point was Norm Ratmond and, um, the, the, the detail in like all the action sequences, there's a grittiness to it, even though it's like polished, uh, Sean Chen artwork, there's still like a certain brutality to it. Um, great storyline that kind of starts off you know, Mr. X as a character. And from there, we get to see more development of, you know, Wolverine ends up having to go on the run. Um, you know, he's kind of framed for a murder. Um, this is, And this kind of builds up to something in particular. So you have Wolverine going on the run. He has a, a fun little kind of time with, uh, with Beast. Again, more on Sabretooth as stuff happens to him. Uh, Mark Teixeira does uh, some guest pencils here as you introduce a new character as well. And I can't remember his name, but um, God, what is this guy's name? This is like this mystery man. Um, uh, what is this guy's name? This is going to bug me. Uh, oh, the Shiver Man, who's kind of a very cool visual, though they don't really explain a lot about him. Uh, at this time, you have, when it comes to S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, um, they introduce... Uh, Brent Jackson, who comes the special agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., who anyone who knows Frank Thierry's Weapon X will know that name because he'll become a huge player later on. Um, anyways, I'm just flipping through this trade, but this is uh, a great value trade. It's got some fantastic artwork, but a really great story by Frank Thierry. Um, before the raft was the thing, you had the cage, which is a, a place where all you know powered uh, combatants were kind of placed. So at this point, you had Wolverine and Beast were kind of locked in there, as well as Peepers. Uh, although Peepers gets some really bad things happen to him. Um, really fantastic stuff. Uh, and not again. There's so much going on because like there's I believe his name is Mauve. Is this um, this mystical villain who tries to like kind of eat part of Wolverine uh, while he's being you know in the cage? And you have Sabretooth showing up in kind of a new look for him because he's part of Weapon X, and that leads to a fantastic double-sized issue, Wolverine 166, uh, with um, 
some guest star by Barry Windsor Smith, and we get to see this kind of new retooled version of Weapon X and how Sabretooth is working for them and what they want to do to, to Wolverine. We get to see the introduction of the shadowy director. We get to see the so-called death of uh, Maverick. Um, more uh, another appearance of the Shiverman. A great kind of knockdown throwdown fight between Sabretooth and Wolverine. Uh, we finally get to see Wolverine kind of cleared. Um, that kind of ends that kind of phase of the storyline and also marks uh, the departure briefly of Sean Chen from the book. And then you have Dan Fraga coming in. And you get a fun kind of patch story where you get the reappearance of Mr. X because um, we're not done with that character. Uh, and again, a lot of this just keeps... Frank Thierry has a very clear idea of where he's going with the characters. There's subplots. Uh, eventually he brings back the, the Mauvais character. Um, Sean Chen comes back and you have this whole kind of concept of... Uh, now, unfortunately, this is the one unfortunate part. A lot of this run does take place without Wolverine in the costume, which is cool. But then he ends up being in his kind of black leather duds because this is around the time of the movie at this point. Because, um, you know, this is a year into the run. Um, you get some. You know, they have the Nuff Set issue from 2001, which is still a great kind of experience to kind of be able to read these issues. You have a fantastic guest appearance by uh, Alpha Flight um, as they kind of assist Wolverine against um, basically like a Wendigo uh, powered version of Mauvais, uh which is really cool. And then you kind of end the the whole kind of ending of this particular phase is another showdown between Weapon X and Wolverine, and the, you have Omega Red involved and the Sabretooth. Uh, it's just called the Logan Files, and what's really interesting about this stuff is this: this is back before, this is back around the time of Origin, and I don't even believe Origin was done yet. And the reason why that's important is that if you think about it, with o- Origin now, we just kind of take it for granted that it's the real kind of history of Wolverine, and it is what it is. But at the time, that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, it wasn't necessarily accepted that this is the way things were going to be. So it's interesting to kind of read this stuff, and you got these kind of these glimpses into what was going on in Origin. And at the time, it was like, holy shit, they're really doing this. Like, this, I guess this is real stuff. But at the time, like it, it, you didn't know that the stuff with Rose and everything was necessarily going to all be true. I mean, if you read these issues, uh, issue 175, which is the big kind of climactic chapter of the Logan Files, um... That particular issue came out, let me just see, cover date June 2012. So in, I guess what, August or September of 2001, I think, is when Origin started. So Origin had just kind of either ended or it was just about ending. So it's kind of a big deal that they're already referencing it and we're starting to see glimpses of it. And again, nowadays we're kind of like, well, whatever. I mean, that's it's been his origin for 14 years. Uh, but at the time it wasn't. And... What's cool about the end of the Logan Files is you have this supposed death of Wolverine, uh, which, haha, that's not something we've seen a lot of. Uh, he, vaguely, he, for a very short period, has no healing factor um, because of one of Weapon X's plots, which leads into one of my favorite issues of Wolverine, which is issue 176. Uh, and I can't remember, I might have, I might have mentioned this on one of our um, uh, top five episodes where we did... Um, Top five Wolverine storylines. I'm pretty sure this was on my list. And if not, I made a horrible mistake. Issue 176 is artwork by Sean Chen, written by Frank Terry. It's Frank Terry's last issue before he left the book 
Um, and there's also coincidentally the last issue of this particular fat Mac Daddy trade. Uh, Matt Nixon would take over afterwards um, with issue, I guess, 177. And uh, the, the series wouldn't last a lot longer. It would end with issue 189. Um, so it, it didn't have much longer to go. It end, um, I guess, about a year later. Um, and what's great about this issue is that, you know, Wolverine's supposedly dead, but his healing factor is slowly starting to kick in. And it's Wolverine in heaven. And he meets this red-haired woman who, at the beginning, we're led to assume that it must be Jean. And he's dealing with the fact that, you know, all these... You know, is he dead? And looking back on these special moments in X-Men history and the death of Colossus and all this kind of stuff. And what, what led him here in the previous storyline and all the, the great pain of his life. And he ends up with this doorway. And they open this doorway and they have these planes and everything's peaceful. And they look behind him and then all these kind of dead villains are there. And uh, he pops his claws and... Um, uh, you know the the redhead woman just says go over the you know go over the hill now before it's too late. And he's like no, I got to turn back, and um, he gets helped out by you know Colossus because at the time he was supposed to be dead, so this is supposed to be him in heaven. And they all kind of they fight against them together, and then the uh, he realizes that he lost his chance because he embraced kind of instead of embracing peace, embracing it all being over, instead decided to be part of the fray and, and fight these guys, which meant that he would actually fight and stay alive. And right as he was there, and again, this is back before he had his memories, back before House of M, all that kind of stuff, because we take so much of this for granted now, you know, that it's been, what, nine or ten years since Wolver uh, Wolverine's just understood who he has always been. Um, there was a time when he didn't know his history, didn't know all this stuff, uh, there was a time when we as readers were just finally discovering all this origin stuff for Wolverine. Like, now we take it for granted because it's been, you know, a decade and a half, which is kind of crazy uh, to think that, you know, I was I was there where they were when they first revealed his origin. And now all the stuff were about all the kind of potential concepts that it could have been that they were kind of going loosey-goosey with over and over for over the, all those years. Now it just seems so almost silly and ridiculous and not quaint, but almost because... It's just, well, obviously that's not where they end up going. So now it's kind of like, well, duh, that's not, that's not real. Anyways, Wolverine realizes that it wasn't Jean after all, and that instead it was, it was Rose, and that she, at the very end, says, farewell, James, my love. Perhaps we'll be reunited again someday, someday. And he wakes up and is able to escape. And then uh, Amiko is, uh, is, is delivered back to him, which is part of what, a storyline that was going on throughout the Logan Files. Anyways, that's a very brief overview of this fantastic run by Frank Thierry. He really understood the Wolverine character. He also is something we don't see as much of anymore is the idea of seeding longer plots. So you had the current plot as well as you were seeding things that came later. I mean, if you look at it, issue 159 had the, you know, the first, or sorry, issue 160 is the second issue by Frank Thierry had uh, um, Sabretooth meeting with a mysterious person and then getting abducted. And that would kind of come, that was slowly percolating up to issue 165, where at the very end you see uh, Sabretooth show up to rescue Wolverine, and he's now part of the uh, military outfit, which we find out the next issue is the Weapon X project. Um, so it's kind of, I, I miss that type of storytelling. This, the, if you pick up this trade, it, it doesn't neatly fit into a little six issue trade. I mean, there's a reason why you end up with this giant trade. Um, I don't know why I said it. Yeah, I think it's about 20 issues. Yeah. 
Um, it's a very long trade. It's, as I said, over 500 pages, but it's, it's high quality. Most of it's by Sean Chen. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. Um, the stuff, the, I guess the Bloodsport stuff wasn't. That was mainly by Dan Fraga. But there's something to Fraga's artwork which really works for that particular storyline, which was a three-issue storyline set in Magipur against Mr. X. Um, there's a certain um, rawness to it um, that I think really worked for that particular issue. Uh, or, or sorry, should I say storyline? Uh, the the way that Alpha Flight looks by Sean Chen is so good. I mean, the only I mean I, I like certain artists on Alpha Flight more than others. Sean Chen does a great rendition of them. Obviously, John Byrne because he's their creator. Um, another that does a great job is um, Dale Eaglesham, who illustrated them in the short-lived um, miniseries that became an ongoing, that became a miniseries, um, which was Alpha Flight by Greg Pak, or sorry, Greg Pak and Fred Van Lenti, artwork by Dale Eaglesham, which is well worth checking out, and maybe I'll talk about that at some point on another episode. Anyways, thank you very much for indulging me as I've walked through a little bit of memory lane here, so I think this is a flashback episode. Uh, for this flashback to Wolverine, The Return of Weapon X, uh, which is the name of this giant trade paperback by Frank Thierry, as I said, uh, illustrated by Sean Chen mostly, with artwork by Mark Teixeira and Dan Fraga as well, uh, as well as some others that are on the, tra- uh, on the trade, because uh, this does collect Wolverine 159 to 176 in the annual 2000-2001, written by Frank Thierry and Matt Nixon. Uh, who is, as I said, the art, the writer who would take on the book after um, Thierry had left. Illustrated by Jorge Santamaria, Sean Chen, Mark Teixeira, Dan Fraga, Matthew Marcella, or Marcilia, and Killian Plunkett. Anyways, thank you very much for listening to this episode. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, listen to us on Stitcher, and... Uh, that's all the ways you can get a hold of us and listen to us. So thank you very much for listening to this episode. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.